Mac Power Users, Episode 628, Stream Deck Power Users. Hello, and welcome back to Mac Power Users. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend and yours, Mr. David Sparks. Hey, Stephen. How are you today? Hey, it's, uh, it's good to be back with you this week. Yeah, I know. And everything's okay. We did the follow-up for last week's show, but I missed you. And uh, Adam was fun. But, you know, we, yeah. need, we need to hack it. I'm like, uh, I'm like two-thirds of the way through listening to the episode, really enjoying it. But, yeah, we had yeah. an ice storm here in Memphis, and I didn't have power or internet. And uh, it's still kind of in cleanup mode. Like, the city has to come tomorrow and cut trees down behind, like, my neighbor's house. They have to come through my yard tomorrow. It's it's all wild stuff. But, yeah. uh I am uh, I am glad to be back and uh, glad to be talking about this topic. This is a really fun one, one that we've talked about for a long time. So it's going to be a good one today. Yeah, Stream Deck power users. That's right. Amen. You know. That's right. The, um, and, and then today on more power users, I have a dilemma with the the two screen life. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show today. Okay. But um. But the Stream Deck, I we've been wanting to do a show on Stream Deck for some time. Rose and I did one on automators of like a year or so ago, but I mean things just keep changing and the workflows keep improving, and we wanted to give it the full Mac Power Users treatment. So here we are again, and um, I think we should start with our Stream Deck origin stories. You know, how did you get into Stream Deck? <laughs> Uh, it was probably through that automators episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember it's been, it's been about that long and I started with the, the regular stream deck. Well, we're going to talk about all the hardware and stuff as we get yeah. through it. But, uh, I recently upgraded in advance of this episode to the XL. So I've got the big one now and it's not quite full yet. I'm still sort of figuring out the additional real estate but I had always thought about it as like, oh, it's something for streaming. And I do have one of my streaming PC, and, and that one is set up solely for like changing between scenes and uh, and Streamlabs OBS. But here on my Mac, it's this little grid of buttons that do all sorts of things. And I really couldn't operate my desk without it at this point. It's just, it's just like, it's one of those things like Alfred or Text Expander or something else where like, yeah, this is just the way that I use my Mac now. Yeah. Well, well, while I was making the Keyboard Maestro Field Guide, Peter added the um, Stream Deck support to the app. And so while I was making the Field Guide, he, he announced he was going to do that. So I bought one. Uh, but this was, and I, I was immediately in love with it, but I have, there's a long string of rejected third-party hardware in my life. I feel like I'm probably flagged at Amazon because you know i bought the the thing with the dial on it's like when you're editing video you twist the dial and it moves the playhead and i thought that was just gimmicky and plastic and junk and then at some point and we're going to talk about some of the competitors later in the show i I tried some of the other things on out there and a lot of them were quite expensive and none of them really seemed to add any functionality for me and then i've got this thing this obsession where i don't like a lot of cords on my desk so like anything that i bring into my workflow is it worth having a, an extra cord on the desk and but this thing man i just fell in love with it immediately so i guess we should explain what it is for folks who haven't seen one it is a piece of plastic um but it's a thing with a grid of buttons on it and they've got them in different sizes we're going to go over that in a minute and it's got an led screen behind it and so each button 
has an addressable share of that screen. So you can make a button and put, you know, your significant other's picture on it. And then you can tie an automation to that via keyboard mice or even now shortcuts. So it's, it's like programmable buttons. And we're going to spend the rest of the show talking about the ways they're programmable because there are a lot of ways, but Mm -hmm. uh, the genius of it is it's just adding a series of buttons and you can change what the image shows. It's, it's a lot like, I hate to say this, the touch bar, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> it's a programmable touch bar thing. You know, everybody hates yeah. the touch bar. But but this thing, this basically, it's a massive touch bar. And you can get them with a variety of size buttons. And people are using them. They, they, Elgato made it for streamers because they wanted the ability to, you know, start feeds and do things with their streams. But as soon as the automation folks got involved, uh, like keyboard maestro shortcuts and what have you, it became way more, you know, way more than that. Yeah, this is really a tool that I feel like even the folks at Elgato didn't foresee how broad it could be, like once yeah. it was out on the market. And to yeah. their credit, especially when we get into the software section of today's show, they've done a really good job at making this as flexible as possible. So like on on my Mac Pro, and I don't do, really do any streaming here, there's basically nothing on mine set up for streaming, but on my yeah. PC, which basically all it does is streaming, it's totally set up for that. And so you can yeah. have it really be exactly what you want. And that's sort of the the beauty of it is that the Stream Deck is less of a device. It's more like a palette almost in my mind yeah. that I can put onto whatever I want. Yeah. And, and- you know, I my love affair with Elgato just continues. They just keep making really good, well thought out products for us Mac users. And um, in fact, I think didn't you end up getting one of those mic stands, those mic boom arms? Yeah, I'm talking to you right now on it because you ended up with one, and yeah. you sent me a picture of it, and it's real low profile, and that means that I can see basically all of my screen when I record. I I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I feel like at this point, I may just need to get on the, you know, Stream Deck subscription model where they just send me <laughs> everything new. Send me one, just bill me. Um, but yeah, it, it really is cool. And uh, I so I got it for the Keyboard Maestro Field Guide. And I got it thinking, well, you know, we'll see. Because I've sent so many of these things back over the years because I bought them and they didn't really, weren't really worth it. But the simplicity of this is where it really wins, right? It's a set of buttons you can add, you know, you can customize them. And as we're going to get into in the show, you can get different screens of buttons. So you don't have to just have this set. You can jump between them. Like I have one of the things we're going to explain is like when I open my mail app, the whole stream deck reprograms itself and becomes a mail tool, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff is very easily done. Anybody listening to the show could absolutely do this stuff. And, uh, like today, I'm recording, you know, I have multiple places I record because of COVID, I guess. And uh, so I'm recording upstairs today. And for the first time I have a pod, I'm recording a podcast, I brought the stream deck up with me. And I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, now I have to bring it with me every time. Because it's just so convenient <laughs> having it here while we're recording. Yeah, it's 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 very clever. And I think that as we walk through this, uh, what I hope listeners get out of this, this episode is... Uh, that we can spark some like creativity in everyone and thinking about how it could fit into, into their workflows because it is so flexible. Like you don't have to be like a content creator like us 
to benefit from this. You know, in fact, a lot of what I think you'll see in mine, uh, a little spoiler for later, is like a good 25% of mine is dedicated to smart home stuff. Like it can really be buttons for anything. Yeah, you can turn on your lights. You can well, like we, we got a, we got a big outline today. So yeah, there's a lot uh, here. Let's let's just get into it. Um, starting off with um, the different flavors of Stream Deck. There's the Mini, and the Mini is eighty dollars, and it has was it eight buttons? I just just closed the screen. Of course, I didn't buy the Mini, right? No, no, the mini, the mini's too, the mini's the, the starter one. Uh, yeah. It just has six, six little buttons six. there. Yeah, there we go. It's teeny tiny and it's, uh, it's 80 bucks. So that that's kind of the starting point uh, for this, this hardware. We're going to talk about some of their competitors later. I think these are pretty competitively priced with what, what else is out there. Yeah. Um, and so you get two rows of three buttons each. And these things, we should say, are just USB, so you can plug them straight into your Mac or into a dock somewhere. And they Although, all come... let me add there, let me mm-hmm. add there, the, the USB is connected to the device. At least it is to the Mini and the prior standard Stream Deck. I, don't, I haven't seen, they've got a new model out now. I haven't got my hands on one. But the XL, the big one, you can remove the cable from, which is handy because my dog ate the cable that it came with <laughs> and I had to replace it. But I, I thought I lost the Stream Deck and when I took it apart, no, you can replace the cable in the big one. But but yeah. a lot of these, the cables are fixed. But anyway, yeah. sorry. And that's a bit of a bummer, I think. Yeah. I like that on the XL, like I could swap it out to a longer or shorter cable You know, if my yeah. setup changes, which it probably will in the next couple of years, knowing me. Yeah. So um, that is something to, to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, so th- we start with the Mini. And then the middle one, as we record this right now, they have the original and the Mark II. Yeah. So, uh, and you can get your hands on either one of them. Uh, but these are uh, five buttons across and fif- three rows buttons. down. So 15 total. Yeah. And that's the one I think they want you to buy. That's the, you know, the standard Stream Deck. It's kind of priced in the middle. And it's... Um, and that's the one right now that the new one, they've added a bunch of things like you can add face plates to them. They're kind of like leaning into the stream deck. I think they've realized it's become a thing mm-hmm. and that's the new hotness. And then the big one, the XL is four buttons by what is it? Eight buttons. So um, 32 buttons. And I bought the big one because I felt like if I'm going to stick a thing on my desk, the, the difference in size between the XL and the small one isn't that much. And either way, I've got to stretch a cable out. So I might as well get the most bang for my buck. Mm-hmm. And I've never looked back. I use all the buttons. And I, I use so many buttons that I have to have different Stream Deck, um, like, you know, setups for different apps because I run out of buttons. And to put the size into a little bit of a context, so I've got the XL, I've got the big one, and it sits on the foot of my Pro Display pretty squarely so if you have an iMac or an older apple display or even a lot of third-party displays it will fit like under the display really pretty pretty easily i mean it's it's smaller than like the screen on my ipad mini so this this isn't you know kind of get out of your mind the idea of like you're on the on some sort of like a spaceship you know with the panels full of buttons these things are pretty condensed in size 
And while they're plastic, it's pretty it's pretty high in stuff. Like the the foot is good, it doesn't scoot around on my desk. It's pretty well made for what it is. Yeah. No, I agree. And the um and there's just something about the physical button thing, you know, like I don't know. I keep mine because I I've got my mouse on my right side and my trackpad on my left side. And I keep the stream deck parked right on top of the trackpad. So with my left hand while I'm working on the trackpad, I can reach up and press a button on the stream deck. And I find that very convenient. All right. So so there are different sizes. Uh, Steven and I both are XL fans. And then to add to the issue, they just released last month a new thing, a stream deck pedal. And it's a three-foot pedal that goes on the bottom of your, uh, you know, you, that you. it's another cable. It's not wireless. It goes underneath your desk, and you can step on the pedal and add additional functions. Neither Steven or I have one. Um, they sold out immediately. Yeah, I was going to say, I tried. Uh, but our friend Matt, who is a moderator in the Relay FM Discord, uh, Matt got one, and we'll have his review in the show notes. He did a really good job uh, writing about the hardware and kind of what you can do with it. But you can imagine if you have, uh, you know, certain uh, certain workflows that having a, a foot pedal may be nice. Um, and there's also some pretty neat accessibility angles there, or maybe the buttons for whatever reason don't work for you, but a foot pad would. Um, so yeah. I'm glad that Elgato did this. I think that it's, uh, I think it's a good addition to their lineup. No, I agree. And, you know, like I was thinking that would be kind of fun to try and wire up as a mute button, like as a mute for your microphone, mm-hmm. or there's a lot, lot you could do with it. And they, um, they are available again as of yesterday as we record the show. I don't know if they will be by the time this show launches. So I'm going to go ahead and order one um, as soon as we get done today before you guys find out because I don't want you guys getting my pedal. Um, <laughs> but but we'll find out. You know, it, this may be another thing that I end up sending back. Like the idea really of running a cable to the floor. It's like, oh, I don't know. You know, my dog sleeps under the, the table. She's not going to want that pedal down there. Yeah, but we'll, Look, we'll see. we know we know that you are no, you have no fear of taping things. Yeah, <laughs> to your desk. Yeah. That's so maybe, true. maybe tape it down the desk leg and you know snake it over yeah. it somehow. Yeah, you know, that gaff tape and I are are close friends. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we al- right. we also found this thing. Uh, I really put this more in as sort of as a, as a joke, but it's kind of funny. Uh, we found this person on Etsy who is making uh, a stand because the foot on the XL and the, the new regular stream deck uh, is separate from like the panel. You can separate them and they're making a, a stand where you can put two uh, stream deck XLs together. I it love looks, that so much. It looks hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you would, if I came in your office and I saw this, I'm thinking David's launching the space shuttle out of his backyard, but yeah, exactly. it's there if you need it. Because <laughs> yeah. if 32 buttons isn't enough, you can get 64. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Just go wild. So, uh, you know, if, if one stream deck is not enough for you, there's some options to uh, further customize things. But there are cases for that. I mean, we had David Metzger on the show last year who has a bunch of these things and he's like, arranging and composing music for major motion pictures and he needs all the buttons i could see david having one like maybe he's got this thing and like 32 buttons are for drum sounds that he needs you know i, <laughs> right. I don't know and um th- there's a case for that. i don't think it's a case for most people i think for most people honestly the standard stream deck is fine 
Yeah. But if you're a nerd like me, how can you resist doubling the buttons with mm -hmm. not much more footprint? Yeah. And honestly, I find a use for all these buttons. Like, uh, as we get through the show, we're going to talk more about what we're doing to them. But it, uh, I'm using all the buttons. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, I really like this thing. And I, um, and so often I, um, you know, I, like I said, I try these accessories and I, I'm not happy with them, but this one really stuck for me. And I think I'm not alone. There's a lot of people and it's kind of been fun watching in like even our little podcasting network, how it's spread like a virus. Can I say that now? I'm not sure if I'm going to say that right now, but it's it spread. <laughs> and, and like so many of our podcasts, like when Rose and I did the Automator show on it in the Relay Slack, everybody started asking us questions. And before you know it, they start showing up on all these other podcasts. I mean, it's just, it's just handy, you know, and it doesn't take up that much space on your desk. Yeah. I did want to touch on uh, briefly the idea of plugging it into a dock. You know, I know with the new MacBook Pros we and, and new MacBook Airs and everything, we have a lot of listeners who are living the laptop as a desktop lifestyle, including you, David. And I have an older Thunderbolt uh, CalDigit dock, and I had a, some issues with the Stream Deck not waking up when the computer would wake up through the dock. And so I sort of rearranged things and now I have it plugged directly into my display and it's fine. Um, have you run into issues with this or is it, do I, I may just be in a weird situation. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have not had that problem for a long time. I had like, I don't know, it was about six years old, a uh, USB um, dock, you know, a traditional USB A dock, a powered docks, um, velcroed under my desk, which I had a bunch of stuff plugged in, including the Stream Deck, and that crapped out on me like two months ago. Mm -hmm. and, and I replaced it with the Cal Digit Elements dock, which is, I we should talk about that sometime. It's it's a lot of money. It's two hundred fifty bucks, but it is remarkable. I mean, it, it is a Thunderbolt expander. It's it's just like what you get out of the back of the Pro Display XDR without you know all the thousands. And um, so I, I bought one of those and it has three USB-C uh, ports, but also I think four USB-A ports. So I plug it in through that and it works fine through that too. I, I've just never had any problems with it. Occasionally, now there is a setting on the Stream Deck where you can put it to sleep, um, say go to sleep after so many minutes and that will respect, it'll respect that setting. So if your computer wakes up and the thing is asleep, it still won't light up until you push a button. Hmm. Okay. So I don't know if that was a setting thing for you or maybe you been. just did have yeah. a, had a dock issue, but yeah, I, I have generally, I've never plugged it straight into my Mac. Okay. I feel like it's not, it's not worthy. You know, I mean, the amount of data it's sending through like my microphone goes straight into my Mac, but, but right. not my stream deck. Yeah. And we should say all of these are bus powered. There's no other power supply or anything. It's yeah. all just the single USB C. And so very yeah. clean, very nice. Even if you have to kind of run the cable across your desk, it's pretty uh, pretty straightforward. Yeah, and, and just to kind of explain that, I, I said how much I hated running cables on my desk, but because it's just at the top of my um, that's the top of my of my touch bar, not touch bar, at the top of my <laughs> trackpad. Uh -huh. I don't see it, so I've got it placed in a way where I don't see it, and that helps me, even though I know it's there, but I don't see it. That helps. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by 1Password for Families. Go to onepassword.com slash MPU and get 20% off your family plan. 
OnePassword makes it easy to sign in with a single click. With OnePassword, you can create and use strong passwords and log into any app or website in seconds. You just need to remember your OnePassword. But getting a family plan brings it to a whole new level. OnePassword makes sharing simple and secure. It's the safest way to share logins, passwords, credit cards, and other important information with the people who matter most. With 1Password, you can keep personal logins private and give everyone access to just what they need. We use this in our family. I've got a vault that I share with my wife, and then I've got a vault that I share with the kids too. And we have different levels of passwords in it. The kids don't need the banking passwords, but they need the passwords for other things like some of the TV streaming services. The point is I keep them all in the appropriate vaults, and when passwords change, they get the updated passwords automatically. We never share passwords over things like text messages or emails that are, frankly, insecure forms of communication. Everything is done right in the 1Password vault. And that gives me peace of mind that I can protect my family from hacks and breaches, but also make it easy to use strong passwords and find security problems with the websites we use. 1Password keeps track of the websites we use and gives us alerts when accounts are compromised so we can update the passwords right away. It also identifies weak and duplicate passwords, and I think really is helping my children learn good password habits. With 1Password, you can create strong and unique passwords with the built-in password generator, and I use that all the time when I'm signing up to new services. The best thing is it just gives me peace of mind that our password practices are safe and secure, and leaving everyone to their own devices on this, they frankly aren't. Now you're listening and you think, well, he must get it for free. No, that's not true. I pay for 1Password every year. I think it's a valuable investment and I have a family plan and me and my wife and kids use it all the time. It's easy to set up. It keeps all your passwords in one safe and secure place. And it really can teach people who are not using good, healthy password habits to use them. So check out 1Password for Families today. Go over to onepassword.com slash MPU. You get 20% off when you go to that link. So check it out and let them know you heard about it here on the Mac Power Users. Okay, so we've been waxing poetic about Stream Deck. We're clearly a biased uh, jury here. Um, but let's talk about the software. You know, uh, always when you use third-party hardware, installing the software on your Mac gives you kind of a moment of the like, oh, do I want to do this, right? But Stream Deck needs software, and um, they've done a pretty good job with the software for it. When you light it up, it it um, gives you a kind of a virtual copy of your Stream Deck on your Mac and allows you to start working on it from there. Yeah, it's a, it's a menu bar app on the Mac. So you're not taking up, you know, precious dock space. If you use Alfred or something, you can just hide it. And the software needs to be running. So if you quit the Stream Deck application, the Stream Deck itself will go dark, but it's just in the menu bar. So it's not in the way you don't, you only really have to open it if you're configuring something. Yeah. And it's okay. I mean, I, I run the Stream Deck both on the Mac and Windows, and I can tell you the app is basically the same on both yeah. platforms. It's not like a shining example of Mac OS software, no, but it totally gets yeah. the job done. And they've even, uh, as we get into the, the features of the software, they've done a good job at integrating Mac OS system features into it. So don't be put off by the UI being a, a little bit weird in places. It does a great job. And I just, I think they were so smart in the way they laid it out that the Stream Deck software gives you an image of what's on your Stream Deck. So if I want to deal with the button in the top left, 
it's in the top left of the UI in the application, right? So it's really yeah. straightforward and easy to see what's going on uh, right there in the application. Yeah, and it's frequently updated. And I mean, they're good uh, Mac players. They don't just like stick it out there and ignore it. Um, the When we had an update to the Mac OS a couple of years ago during the beta process, the Stream Deck stopped working. Um, there was, I forget which, I think it might've been Catalina, and so a bunch of us nerds that got into the beta, suddenly our stream decks stopped working and I wrote them and I'm sure TJ wrote them. Everybody was writing them and they publicly explained what the problem was and that they were fixing it before like, like they had a, a beta fix out like within two or three weeks. And by the time Catalina released, it was nobody knew that there mm-hmm. had ever been a problem. So that's cool. You know, I feel like they're paying attention and, they are they are frequently updating the software because the the purpose of these stream decks has evolved so much. Like Stephen was saying, it's not just for streamers. I mean, I think in hindsight they would probably want to rename it at this point. But <laughs> the, you know, the the nature of it though is real simple. You've got a panel of buttons in the app, and clicking on one of them in the app allows you to assign an action to that app. And we're going to go through in depth what those are, but. One of them could be like, click a link, like go to maxbarky.com or 512pixels. And it's that simple. You you copy that action over, you put in the website that you want to go to, and then you assign an image to it. And there's a couple ways you can do that. The first is they've got like a web-based image tool where you like go to the web and build like a little graphic for it. That's terrible. Don't ever do that. I did it once and I th- it was like, it was like pulling teeth. Uh, but you can also just paste in, you can like select an existing graphic in your system and put it in, which is how I largely do it. And then with the latest release, they have now added uh, online downloadable graphic collections. So like they've got a whole collection for Adobe, uh, was it DaVinci Resolve? You know, mm-hmm. if you're a DaVinci Resolve user, there's a whole bunch of cool graphics that represent all the functions of DaVinci Resolve. And you can just assign those graphics to the buttons you want to assign the functions, you know, the application functions, but they've also got like fun ones with like happy faces and whatever. Um, The, uh, what I do largely for those graphics is, uh, is I like to use SF symbols, you know, at the Apple kind of graphics set, but uh, either way there's you can assign them any way you want. Uh, one of the things I did was Stephen and I made a Dropbox folder together, and there's a couple other people in it where we just dump. Anytime we make a cool graphic for our stream decks, we just dump it in that shared Dropbox yeah. folders. And uh, there's some really weird graphics in there. Like the, the, the thing is, nobody you really, you really don't know who uploaded what, and that that's that's good. That's good sometimes. Yeah, I've I've you I'm using SF symbols for a lot of things, and if you'll permit me to go down a rabbit hole just for a second. Yeah. Uh, you can download the SF Symbols app. It's a Mac app from the Apple developer account. And the way that I do it, and I will include a link in the show notes to uh, to that SF Symbols uh, download. I pick the symbol I want, and you can copy the symbol. And then I do my work in Photoshop just because that's what I know, and I've used it forever. And you just set the typeface to some version of San Francisco, and then you can paste in the symbol. And then... You can rasterize it if you want and apply colors and just treat it as an image. And I like it because it it makes for a very consistent looking set of buttons. When I when I f- first started with the Stream Deck a couple of years ago, I was kind of all over the place. 
And then I decided, you know, I kind of want them all the same. And for a long time, I used these like 80s, like neon style buttons. And when I went to the XL, it was just overwhelming. It was like too much color. And most of mine now are monochrome using SF symbols. And it's just like an easy way to spend a couple of minutes in in a photo editor to make really nice looking buttons for this thing. And you can use their online tool. There's also in on the Agalto website, they have like collections you can download and bring into the application. But yeah, I second the idea that SF symbols is a great way to make your own and can really make it look, uh, look nice and tidy. There's a guy named Stephen Millard and he has a website called thought asylum. And Stephen is one of the gems of the Mac community. He is putting out so many great, like cool automations and ideas. He does a lot of stuff with drafts. And uh, he made a shortcut that will extract all of the SF symbols in the color of your choice. Ooh. And I, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And we're going to have to get Steven on the show. I mean, he's he's great. And um, the uh, so I took his script and I ran it and exported a set of all of the SF symbols in gray and with a black background. And that is like so often now my go-to source for these symbols. In fact, I dumped them all into that that um shared dropbox we have that's yeah that's cool you don't have to handcraft them in photoshop is what you're saying <laughs> yeah exactly this isn't <laughs> it's not rocket science but you also can use what you want like uh, years ago i got a set of icons and i don't know who to attribute them to because i've lost the thread but um they're star wars but they're nice kind of like subtle star wars icons and i use them for everything like i have when i get into how i use it later like i've got like basic pages and i'm using star wars icons for a bunch of those that they don't make sense if you look at them but in my head i know what they mean Mm -hmm. so i mean you can do a lot with uh, the icons but but the general run of the app is you assign an action assign a graphic and then that's it you can drag in the app once you've made it you can drag the button somewhere else like you can drag it to a different screen on your um, stream deck or just if it's in the upper left corner you want to put in the lower left corner you just drag it down and it does that if there's something there already it moves what's there to where you came from so it makes it very easy to move the buttons around and you can kind of try out different layouts as you figure out what works for you you can also set buttons like some things like a, a light for instance that may be on or off you can set different images for the different states and so yeah. I have a total of five lights on my stream deck and it's a, it's just an empty white hollow circle. Then if I turn the light on uh, a yellow filled in circle fills in the middle. So I, it's like a light switch. And you know, the one problem people had with the touch bar was things would move around on you. And yeah. one reason I think this is a superior version of a similar idea is that they don't, and that this thing can show me state without needing to move where that that bit of information is visually yeah. and i forgot to mention you can also put a text description in so like with that light bulb icon steven's using you could have one say desk one say kitchen one say hallway and i don't are you doing that or um how do you know which light it is they in fact those buttons are the only ones i have text labels for and yeah. uh and yeah that's cr- that's critical if you have a bunch of <laughs> buttons on your stream deck that look alike yeah and uh and you can change the font and the size and the placement so i have them at the bottom centered in the default typeface but you can you can change that in the stream deck software as well 
I think it's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, once you start using it, it, it comes together very quickly as to how it works. And then there's like the onion, as you get through the layers of the onion, it gets more powerful. But at the most basic level, like I said, put a website in there, assign a picture to it. And now anytime you want to go to that website, you push the button. In fact, that's how I get to the admin panel for Mac power users. Nice. Yeah. I have uh many buttons that do stuff on the web <laughs> that is open yeah. links. It's very yeah. handy. And, and we're going to get into it further in the outline. I keep saying that, but you know, it also respects like URL callbacks and that, that opens a whole nother can of worms. Um, there's also mobile software for stream deck. And as much as I love the stream deck, I'm not a fan of their mobile software. It, it basically creates a virtual version of the stream deck on your phone or your iPad. But I feel like, um, they got it wrong with their subscription. It's a subscription priced piece of software. And I think it's, it's kind of expensive and, and, uh, it's not as convenient because, you know, are you going to have your phone out all the time and all of that? Um, I feel like it's a poor copy of the actual stream deck. I do too. So uh, I set it up, uh, in preparation of this, I, my stream deck is at my computer. I'm at my computer. So I don't have yeah. the need of like controlling a machine that is, you know, maybe not in front of me. I think this really comes from the original intent of the stream deck as being like a tool for people doing video streaming. And maybe you can't yeah. reach across your your desk because that's your overhead shot or something. So you just have your phone discreetly, you know, and and tap the buttons. But I definitely uh, not not impressed with it. It's, um, you set it up, uh, with a QR code. So QR code comes up on your Mac and you scan it with the app on the phone and then it copies your profile, which we're gonna talk about in a second. Uh, so basically it copies all of your buttons to your iPhone, but it is not, it's not a thing where your phone is like independent. It's strictly a remote control. So if your computer is asleep or the stream deck is off or you're not on your own network, it's not going to work like it's not going to yeah. be able to. So say your button that opens the MPU, you know, dashboard and the relay CMS, that's not something you could do on your phone when you're at the coffee shop because you're not in the same network. It really is a remote control of the stream deck, which in turn is controlling your computer. I just don't have, uh, I just don't have that need. And so it's not really a, a great fit for me. Yeah, there, there is another app called Touch Portal, and I'm currently playing with it. The Max Market Labs people are going to be seeing some content on this soon, um, which is kind of a version of this, but it's a one-time purchase. And like I can see, like if that's what you're looking for, I think I would look at Touch Portal first. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the, the focus of today's show is the hardware and having that set of buttons on your desk that you can make do anything you want. Yep, I don't think you got to go spring for this app uh, or this subscription uh, at all. Yeah. The uh, Stream Deck support pages is worth mentioning. In addition to making, you know, a a good version of Mac software. I mean, it's hard for me to, like, it's not like a a really truly native app experience. This is not the, you know, omni-focus of uh, software, but it is... um, it is a good solid version of something that supports third-party hardware. They also do a good job of documentation and it, we're going to put a link in the show notes to the stream deck support pages. 
as I found once in a while, there's a button action. I'm like, I'm not even sure what this does. And I look it up and they always explain it pretty well. They, they've done a good job of just supporting this thing from top to bottom. Yeah, I, I do also commend them for that. A, a lot of the times when you're, you're sort of looking at hardware or software that's really customizable, getting good help for that is difficult. Maybe you're just off on your own reading blogs and forum posts. And yeah, I think Agato's, again, done a good job understanding how people are using this and their support documentation is um, it's really straightforward. In fact, when I first got mine, I was a little confused about the idea of profiles, which we're, we're going to talk about in a minute. And I was like, read the support page. Like, okay, yeah, I get it. And let me tell you, dear listener, as someone who spends way more time researching technology so we can talk about it than most people in your life. Let me tell you, a lot of companies and products do not have good support pages. And yeah. so that is a, that's a gold star from us to them. Yeah. And you know, I just want to know the story behind Elgato. Like it started like three or four years ago, but you know, the stream deck, the, the excellent microphone sounds, the great lighting, like they have just like delivered so well. I, it's so rare that like a non Apple company impresses mm-hmm. me the way they have. And I, I don't know what's going on over there, but I wish it would spread through the industry. Yeah, me too. And they were so like well positioned for work from home. I mean, I remember yeah. two years ago when people were like trying to like get cameras and lights and microphones, everyone was working on zoom all day long like that's when a lot of people came across Elgato for the first time and a lot of their stuff was then backordered for a long time. But in the, in the years since then, they've done a good job at like meeting the needs of people who, you know, they're not streaming video games or recording podcasts necessarily, but are using their computers for more and more AV work. And Elgato has been able to like address the whole thing. I mean, my, basically my entire streaming setup other than the PC that I built, like, I have three Agato lights. I have their boom arm. I have a stream deck. They have a USB microphone that I'm trying out on my PC. Oh, really? How do you yeah. like that? Yeah. So far, so good. Uh, I will, maybe we'll follow up on that at some point in the future. I think it's, it, it's yeah. the first time I've used a USB microphone in a long time, but they are really kind of positioning themselves as like, Hey, you have anything you need in this area? Well, you know, just come on over to our, to our website. Yeah, I'm doing so much video uh, stuff with the labs that I want to in- do a better job of my video. And so I have a Logitech um, camera s- snapped to the top of my my monitor. And uh, I was looking at the face cam, which is Elgato's new version. And it's, it's doing much better in the reviews than my Logitech. But ultimately, I think I'm just going to connect my Sony and, and like try and do it right. But, but the... Um, but yeah, I just feel like they they are delivering the goods. If you want to buy yourself some some Mac friendly toys, go to the Elgato website and see what you know makes you happy. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by Zocdoc. There are some amazing doctors out there, but really the only ones that matter are the ones that actually take your insurance. With Zocdoc, you can focus on doctors who are in network putting you on the path to see the doctors who are right for you. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. You can read up on local doctors with verified patient reviews to see what other real, actual human beings had to say about their visits. 
So when you walk in that doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot, and whether you want to see a doctor in person or do a video visit, and just like that, you're booked. Find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. In the chaotic world of healthcare, let ZocDoc be your trusted guide to find a quality doctor. Being self-employed for seven years, I've had to change insurance a bunch of times, and that always comes with finding a new doctor's office, and their websites are never updated. You can call, and maybe you'll get through to somebody. ZocDoc gets rid of all of that headache. You can just simply search, and the results are accurate and fast. To learn more and check it out, go to ZocDoc.com MPU or download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc.com, Z-O-C-D-O-C, ZocDoc.com MPU. Our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of the show and Relay FM. All right, uh, so we've got through the software. Let's talk about these actions because that's really what this is about, right? Uh, making your buttons do things. Um, um, so th- it, when you get the Stream Deck software installed, you've got on the left side of the screen your button list. On the right side, they've got a list of pre-programmed actions. And there are ones that come baked in with the software, but they've also got a platform where you can add tools. Like there are third-party tools you can add. You can even, like, if you want to get really fancy, go to, you know, some websites. Uh, People make stuff that you can just download and install. Um, We're going to talk about a few of those, too. So you've got the built-in tools. You've got the the kind of the approved add-on tools. And then there's also developers out there just making stuff to add to it that haven't made it through the official Stream Deck, you know, platform yet. And to start with the general built-in tools, there's a lot of them focused on streaming, We're not going to really cover those a lot today. Maybe I'll have Steven talk about that a little bit because I know you're using it for some stuff. But I thought it'd be better to start with the system tools yeah, because that's the stuff everybody's going to want. And the website one we've already mentioned, that's the most basic. You know, you push a button, it clicks a URL. But um, in addition to going to 512 pixels, you could also have it do a URL callback. And this is where um, the Stream Deck really becomes helpful for me with respect to Obsidian because Obsidian will save uh, any page as a URL, like as a, as a hyperlinked URL callback. And I can drop that into buttons. So I've got a whole, when I load up Obsidian, in addition to having buttons that do like weird stuff that I can never remember the keyboard shortcuts for, it's also got a whole palette of buttons for pages that I go to frequently, you know, like the Max Sparky um, um, uh, pending blog post page or the Sparky OS page or, you know, all the different things that I go to frequently. I've just got a button. I push it. It just goes straight to it there. It also works with things like OmniFocus because OmniFocus will save any project task um, perspective as a URL. And then you can uh, summon it with a button. And a lot of task managers do this for the individual tasks. OmniFocus does it for everything. Um, but any application you have that uses a URL scheme, now you can attach that action to a button. And it's, and let me just restate it. It's built into the software, right? So you're not like yeah. telling it to, oh, open Safari and then load this URL. It's super clean. And the ability to do the callback URL just opens up so many possibilities. I'm glad that it respects those URLs and not just, you know, HTTP out to the web. 
Yeah. And you like, that's how you're turning your lights on, right? Uh, so I'm actually using the, uh, the Philips Hue and the uh, Agato Control Center plugins. We will get to those. Um, okay. But yeah, the callback URL thing is huge. There's an app called Home Control that you can pull that will attach a URL to HomeKit Actions. And that's, you know, you can download on your Mac. It's in the App Store. And you can attach those to your Stream Deck. For instance, I've got uh, a little, um, like, pond outside my window and there's a pump in there that does a little waterfall I built and I attach that to a home kit outdoor plug. And now I've got a URL callback action on my stream deck. So as I'm sitting here working at my desk, I can push the button and the water starts flowing or I can push the button again and it stops, you know? So it's just kind of crazy what you can do with these URLs. Once you start looking into various apps that support them. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is hotkey switch. This is not one that, that I use, but I think you're using it in Obsidian, right? Yeah, it, it just allows you to switch between two commands. Like um, Obsidian has a light mode and a dark mode. And rather than have a button for the shortcut for light mode and a button for the shortcut for dark mode, I have one button and it's a hotkey switch. And so I, it's got two buttons in one. So if I press it, it toggles between them. And it even changes the icon to reflect whether it's dark mode or light mode. But, you know, if you have anything that's got like an on and an off or a light or dark, um, you can attach it to one button. You know, so that, that just makes it easier. A lot of this stuff is engineered around kind of like streamlining the amount of things you do off one button. Uh, they, they, they have the ability to what they call multi-actions, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself, but they also have a thing called multi-action where you can press one button and trigger multiple stream deck actions. Mm-hmm. But then that kind of is related. Another one that's very useful, I mean, and as dumb as this sounds, I, f- I find use for it. It's just open app. You know, there's an open button. So if you want to open pages or uh, open a specific file, so it works with both uh, applications and files. So if there's like maybe a spreadsheet that you work on every day at work, at the end of the day, you could assign a stream deck button to it, press that button and it would just open that document for you. The next one is, is not one that I use, but one that I find kind of funny that it exists is the, yeah. uh, the text button. And so think yeah. about this as like a physical button for a single text expander expansion. So you can yeah. have a button yeah. that, you know, has like the at symbol. Anytime you hit the button, it inserts your email address in the field that you're in. Yeah. So, the only thing the button has is the title and the text that it's going to autofill for you. Uh, I don't have any need for that, but I love that it's there. And someone, someone's whole workflow is based on that. I'm sure. I think we need to build like stream deck text expander. (laughs) And like when you hit 32, you just buy another stream deck. And like that guy on Etsy, you get one that's like seven of them. And you just, (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine what that would look like? like? That'd be yeah, incredible. That'd be a, that, it. Would look like uh, be look like something from NASA. That'd be for mm-hmm. sure, like like nineteen sixties NASA. But the uh, either way, yeah, uh, that's kind of weird. I agree. I've never used that one, but I guess it's there for you. They also have a full set of media controls: so play, pause, next track, volume up, volume down, and it's pre built for you with graphics. So you know, kind of getting back to that touch bar analog. Maybe you've got, you know, a clicky keyboard without media controls on it. You could put them on your stream deck. Yep. In fact, uh, I do. So I've got. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah. Previous track, 
play, pause, next track, and then mute. And there's even, uh, when we get into third-party plugins, we'll talk about the Apple Music one. You can even kind of go further with those media control keys with that plugin. But yeah, yeah you can just like replicate the media transport keys right there. Yeah. And then, so that's all what they call the um, Stream Deck like system tools. Um, but they also have another set of tools called the Stream Deck tools. And it's kind of like the meta tools for the Stream Deck. And as you're getting into Stream Deck, I find them quite useful. Um, uh, you can create a folder of additional tools. Like uh, I have a music one and I use the folder there for different genres of music. So I can go to like, um, you know, West Coast jazz. And then I've got 32 different albums or playlists of West Coast jazz I can play. I know, I know, don't. That's Don't cool. write me. I, I get it. But like, if you, if you like really love music and you want to have ways to just hit, get to a specific one, you could do it there. So you're nesting buttons in essence. And this is the first way I'm going to talk about nesting buttons, but you know, I've got 32 buttons, but using folders, I've got 32 plus I've got 31 buttons plus another 32 in a folder, if that makes sense. And you can put as many folders as you want. You can nest folders. So you can have folders within folders and uh, it can get really quite, you know, crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we should get into profiles now. I think I'm jumping the outline a little bit, but since we're talking about this, um, there's there's really three ways to have multiple Stream Deck buttons show up. There's the folders, the profiles, and the pages. So folders are what I just explained. Profiles are, you can set up just a separate set of buttons, and that's an addressable screen so you can make a button that jumps to a specific profile does that make sense yeah uh, let me yeah. let me back up like the mail like i have all my mail tools in one 32 button profile but on my max sparky page of stream deck icons i've got the mail icon and if i tap that it jumps to those mail tools so i can jump to them um using a button to kind of it's almost like a directory system mm-hmm and then on the on the mail page, I have a button dedicated back to the Max Barkey page, so I can go back, so I can jump back and forth right. between profiles as I'm using it. And you can set you can set the software also to move into a profile automatically. So like if you command tab to mail, you can have it set to instantly load your mail profile, so all your mail buttons are there again. Like the touch bar was app aware. You can make your Stream Deck app aware as well. Yeah. And I use that feature a lot. Like if I go into Obsidian, my Stream Deck turns into an Obsidian Stream Deck. If I go into Mail, OmniFocus, Safari, all the apps that I spend a lot of time in, I've I've set up pages of buttons for them that deal with the things I do in those those apps. And some of them are as simple as, you know, input a keystroke. I we should have mentioned that earlier. That's one of the basic commands. You can put a keystroke. So a keyboard shortcut. Uh, you can program to an Obsidian button. So if you can never remember that Apple Mail send is Command Shift D, you can make a stream cut uh, stream deck button on your mail page that says Command Shift D, and then you press that, and the mail gets sent. And so that's you know a basic example. But like in things like Final Cut, where the um, not only are the keyboard shortcuts hard to remember, it's like if you push, like if you push option instead of control on something, like the whole screen blows up. I mean, I don't even know what happens. You know, <laughs> yeah. logic's so the same I'm, way. I'm afraid to try. I'm afraid to say I think it's this because I don't know what's going to happen if I'm wrong. And uh, 
So I'm, I'm like in apps like that, I use Stream Deck extensively because I just program in the shortcuts that I really want. I give it a graphic that gives me enough of a reminder and I'm off to the races. Yeah, I, I for one, I'm not really, well, I'm not at all using different screens or different profiles. When I had the yeah. smaller one, I did because I didn't have enough buttons. And now I have enough buttons, so everything's just in one place. But it means that even though you may just get the regular one with whatever it is, 15 buttons or something, really the number of buttons you have is, is practically endless because you can stack these profiles and link them with buttons, or even you could just page over and yeah. have more. And so, you know, don't feel like you have to get the XL. You know, you can totally get back on the smaller one if you're willing to spend a little more time and set these profiles up or set these folders up with kind of more um, uh, deep organization, you know, kind of by default, the stream deck's kind of two dimensional, but the way I think about the yeah. folders is you've got depth there as well. Yeah, no, I agree, but it's also nice to have 32 buttons plus extra pages. Oh yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the, uh, one of the things I do is, so the third way to, to have multiple pages is what they call pages. That's the newest feature. So like if I'm on the mail page and I run out of room, I could make a second page of them and it automatically adjusts for that it allows me to jump between page one and page two. And, uh, I don't use that feature much cause I've, a I'm able to get by with what I'm doing, but the point is there is like no end of daylight here for you on this stuff. If you, if you really want to, you know, go down the rabbit hole, you can take the stream deck as far as you need, um, with this type of stuff. And then, so some of the other system tools are the multi-action, which I covered already, which is like say, not only press this keyboard shortcut, but also, you know, do this other thing, you know, hit this key, hit the keyboard shortcut, then go to this web page or something like that. And then they also have a multi-action switch, which is like the switch before, but it gives you multiple actions at the same time. They've got one that's a random action. I don't understand why you would ever use that. No, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe that has something to do. Like, uh, you know, like I just did a thing for the labs where I took your app, that one thing app, mm -hmm. and I wrote a, key, a, a shortcut that allows you to apply a random quote to the menu bar. I, maybe I could do something with that in the stream deck. I don't know. But the way I do it is I triggered it with a, with a keyword maestro script. Um, they have a timer one, which I think is actually really cool. Um, I'm a big fan of like Pomodoro type timers. So I've got several on my main screen. I've got a five, 10, 25 and 45 minute timer. And um, so if I want to like dig in on email for 45 minutes and I'll just press that button when the timer's up, I'll stop. So that's kind of useful. Yeah, the timer you can set different sounds too, which I, which is a yeah. nice a nice little touch. Yeah, and, and I guess that let's just go down a rabbit hole for a minute. Um, we've been talking about the touch bar a lot today, and the Stream Deck does have features that work like the touch bar in the sense of where it's providing you information on it, mm -hmm. uh, like the timer. You see the countdown timer on the Stream Deck, uh, and like there's other plugins. There's a plugin that shows you your CPU usage. Yeah. And you just put it on a button. Like I, I just set mine up for the show today. I'm using 20% of my CPU right now because I love this. I just love this Apple Silicon Mac because it's using 20%. But the, uh, you know, th there's one with an analog clock. And generally I find all of that stuff useless. I, I just don't look at it. It's just the same problem with the touch bar. It's like, I don't want, I'm looking at the screen. I'm never looking down at my stream deck. 
feel like I need to defend my Mac Pro's honor uh, using 4% CPU to record right now. Oh, my now, gosh. So, wow. Uh, you know. I've got more tabs open. I'm not sure. <laughs> Here we go. It's the throwdown, guys. It's the throwdown. Yeah. I, I tend not to use the Stream Deck for information gathering. Like, same one. There's one that's weather. There's a world time one that you can set up a button that just shows, like, a time zone in different cities. Yeah. And I, it's probably just having used a Mac without the touch bar you know, way more than one with a touch bar. Even when I had touch bar notebooks, they were never my primary machine. I tend yeah. to just think about the menu bar in Mac yes. OS for those sorts of things. But yeah, not everyone, agreed. you know, works that way. And some people I think are really going to dig the fact that their stream deck can be a mix of buttons and then just like information readout. But I think for you and me and users like us, it just is it not quite what I'm looking for. Yeah, on my stream deck home screen, because my wife loves Christmas as much as she loves Disneyland, right? So she's always counting down to Christmas. She she got a thing that goes on our mantle that tells you how many days until Christmas, but occasionally she loses track. So I got a countdown action for my stream deck, and I just leave it on home screen. It always has how many days till Christmas, and she'll go over to my Mac and check it to make sure she's <laughs> got the, the number right. So so like that, there are like little weird uses for it, but... Um, in general, I like you, I'm looking at the menu bar on my screen. I'm not looking in, I look at the stream deck long enough to push a button and then I'm yeah. back to work. Same. Um, but there are some more too. There, there is a stream deck, um, a soundboard action. This is built in now. This is one of the newer features and you can download sounds from them. They've got a bunch of them. Um, I downloaded like the rain sound and it was like a two minute rain loop and you can have it play once or loop it when you press the button. Um, the rain one doesn't work because it like fades out and then fades in every two minutes, which is super disturbing, but, um, you can also add your own sounds. I took, I have a folder full of R2D2 ringtones. Of course you do. And, um, yeah, as you do. Right. And, um, <laughs> they're M4R, which is the Apple uh, ringtone file format. All I did was open, copy them, open them in QuickTime, and save them as M4A and then uh, stream deck saw them fine. So I can, push a button and have it chirp like stream uh, R2D2. And then you can like do a multi-action and have him chirp and then open, you know, OmniFocus or whatever. I don't know. I, I'm not using the feature, but it's there. I think that's a, like a streamer thing. You want to have like a soundboard, right? Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. Johnny, Johnny called in from Texas. Uh, and then you play the moo sound or whatever. Right. I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, whatever, you know. <laughs> But it's there, you know. Might be kind of fun if you have kids just to be able to make random sounds once in a while. You know, my kids' favorite thing on my Touch Bar MacBook Pro is I would, I think I use Better Touch Tool for it, just have a button and it would just fire the say command in terminal, which if you're not familiar with, yeah. you can just like make your Mac yeah. say words. And I had one, I did this as a, as a demo called, it was hot dog. So I had the hot dog emoji on the Touch Bar and you would tap it and the Mac would just say hot dog. And, yeah. you know, real popular with elementary school age kids in my house. I'll just say that. Well, you could, you could recreate that here. Oh know? yeah. Easily. Load the hot dog sound. And <laughs> I mean, you could, you could go all the way. Hot dog. Get, get a good hot dog graphic. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to do a hot dog button halfway, man. Just get all the no, way. No, man. Go all the way. <laughs> there, there's a great Disney song about hot dogs too. I mean, my kids used to love it. hot diggity dog. Oh, don't. Yeah. You're taking me back. Yeah. G- game capture. Uh, that's something I don't use at all, but if you're a gamer, you can capture game video and that, you know, I think we're kind of getting back to the original use of yeah. the stream deck. 
Yeah, like on my PC, the one that I use really most often is the uh, the plugin for Streamlabs, which is the streaming software I use. And you can set a button to be different scenes. And so I can have one scene of like overhead camera, one just showing me, one showing both. And on that stream deck, I just have those as buttons. So I don't have to like use the mouse and use the fiddly UI and Streamlabs. I can just reach up and touch the button that says both. And it shows me the overhead and me. It moves to that scene. And that's really, I think, again, like the roots of this, where it started. But even on the Mac, because you have this plugin architecture, like you can use Ecamm Live instead if you use that to stream on your Mac instead of Streamlabs. And so. Yeah, or or OBS. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, Really uh, anything you want, just about. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Memberful. Head over to memberful.com slash MPU for best-in-class membership software for independent creators, publishers, educators, podcasters, and more. Get started now with no credit card required at memberful.com slash MPU. Memberful is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience used by the biggest creators on the web. With Memberful, you can generate sustainable, recurring income while diversifying your revenue stream. You might have heard us talking about the Relay FM membership program. That's on Memberful. They make it super easy to generate the extra revenue stream and deliver bonus content for our members. I've been talking about the Max Sparky Labs. Those are also on Memberful. I've been so happy with Memberful as I've joined them. They've been super responsive to me. There's a couple changes I wanted to make with the way my membership system worked, and they're doing work on the back end for me to make that possible. They're actually improving their software just for the Max Sparky Labs members. And I love that personal contact and the fact that they're willing to go that extra mile. Memberful helped me make this big transition in my life, and I'm super thankful to them. Maybe you're already producing content and relying on advertising or other means of income. Memberful makes it easy to diversify that income with everything you need to run a membership program, including custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, free trials, private podcasts, and tons more, while leaving you with full control and ownership of everything that relates to your audience, your brand, and your membership. And you can now send paid email newsletters directly through Memberful without needing to connect to a third-party email provider. You can even publish your paid newsletter content to a Memberful-hosted members-only website. And there's no additional fee when signing up for Memberful's pro or premium plans. Plus, you'll save money compared to other popular hosted newsletter platforms. If you're a content creator, Memberful can help you monetize that passion. So get started for free at memberful.com slash MPU. There's no credit card required. That's memberful.com slash MPU. Go there now and check it out. It could be the start of something exciting. And our thanks to Memberful for their support of the Mac Power users and all of Relay FM. So in addition to the built-in ones, which we've been talking about, there's a bunch of third-party stuff. And you can get it right in the Stream Deck app. There's a little plus button, and you just hit that and look at the plugins, and there's a whole list of them. We're going to go through a couple here um, in various degrees of detail. Uh, um, the Philips Hue, Stephen mentioned earlier, you're using that one, right? I am. And so the 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 lamp on my desk just has a Philips Hue bulb in it. And so I have just a light switch on the stream deck. It turns on my desk light. But you can also use it to, instead of just turning things on and off, you can have uh, colors and scenes like pre-saved. And so 
again, think about like if you're streaming or if you're going to be on a video call and you want to set all the, the lights in your office to a certain color, or color temperature, or set a scene. Look, the Hue app is fiddly. The Home app on the Mac is not very good. And so this is like the best way to interact with Philips Hue stuff I've ever used because you can just set it up and have it as a button. And uh, and for me, this is the like the home smart home stuff is like really one area that I didn't expect the stream deck to be impactful, but it's totally blown me away that I don't have to deal with any of those things. I just have like an actual button to turn on a smart light. What a concept. Light switches. They were good ideas is what I'm saying. I've recreated them in software. <laughs> yeah. And you can customize the way the button looks, you know, so it's yeah. just real handy. And like you could even have, if you went all the way down the rabbit hole, you could even have a whole um, profile dedicated to all your home kit stuff in your house. And you could sit there like an evil genius, you know, like a James Bond villain and just start turning things off and on randomly all throughout your house. Absolutely. Uh, Not that I would do that. No, no, that wouldn't be something we would do. Speaking of home stuff, there's also a home bridge controller. So if you've gone down the home bridge rabbit hole, there's a home bridge controller for you. Um, there's a world time, which actually I said earlier, I don't reference things, but on one of my pages from Max Barkey, I do have the time in Memphis and the time in London um, listed because I know that's what time it is for you and Rose. And, nice. and also Mike, Mike's same time zone as you. So it's nice. Um, and uh, it's just a little widget, you know, that runs on a screen and updates itself to show me what time it is where Steven lives. Yeah, yeah that, that, that one's cool. And that one, I think, in particular, World Time, is a good example of how you can customize the buttons. And so that one, it comes with sort of its own configuration, has a globe behind it, and it gives you options like show the date, show the time, show the city name or do a custom name. So instead of London, you could put like Rose on there. And so you know what yeah. time it is where she is. Yeah. And so you can use it out of the box or you can customize it. Um, I really think World Time is maybe like the most well-rounded third-party plugin I've played with so far. Yeah, and that and that one, I made the background color, the MPU green for nice. Memphis and then uh, Automator's red for, for London. Nice. That's true. I should just put Steven on here. I mean... But it's actually for you and Mike, because you guys are both in the same. But yeah, I mean, so that's one that I do look at it occasionally for. Um, I, I already mentioned the CPU one. It's just kind of crazy to me that I can just drag a button over and have the live report my CPU usage. <laughs> and I I had it on there, but I, I never paid attention to it. And this is a thing where I've got a menu bar app that tells me what the CPU usage is. If I ever really want to know. I go there and that's like 20 years of, of um, programming in my you know, human brain to go to the menu bar for that kind of information. So uh, even though I had it on my stream deck, I never looked at it. So ultimately I took it off. Um, if you are a toggle user, you know, if you like to time track with toggle, there's a series of uh, toggle integrations where you can attach time tracking buttons to toggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do. My, we're going to talk about shortcuts in a little bit, but I, I have moved uh, with shortcuts coming to the Mac. I've moved a lot of stuff in the stream deck land to shortcuts. But if you want to do toggle yeah. directly, you can do that. Um, I think I'd put uh, IFTTT kind of in that same bucket where it's like this web service that, I mean, these things have like Mac software components, but they're not very good. And so yeah. you can, like hook up IFTTT, like you push a button on your stream deck and that fires a workflow somewhere else. That's pretty cool. And yeah, it can it be is. really powerful. 
Yeah. There's a couple that are related that I like and I keep on my thing and I don't know why. Um, one is a counter. Um, so like I have a counter on there. So if I ever want to count things and occasionally I have need to count things and I can just press the button to count things and it just counts up for me. That's cool. And then there's a dice one. And, um, I just have a two-sided dice in it. And occasionally I just want to say, well, is it going to be a turkey sandwich today or is it going to be chicken noodle soup? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'll just push the button. Yeah, I just once in a while I'll push it. I, I don't use it that often, but it's kind of fun, you know, have a, a dice on my device. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that being a sandwich button really is really yeah, what you've created. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I should make a sandwich icon for it because that's usually where I where I use it. You should. Yeah. Um, there's an Apple mail and red count and that is insane. I don't ever want that button on my stream deck, but if you want to know how many unread email you have, there's a button for you. Yeah. That's a lot. That, <laughs> I don't, I don't want that either, but if you're that kind of person, uh, it's available to you. Or, or, you know, if you've got a boss who expects you to respond to mail immediately or whatever, sure. you could, you, you could use it. So that, that's cool. Um, the, uh, there's also keynote integration so you can control keynote from a stream deck uh f- there's one for finder tags and uh just don't get me started on finder tags but there's mm. a plugin for it uh, i already mentioned the analog clock which is cool but again that's something i found i put it on and it's a little analog clock that has a second hand and tells you what time it is but i never look at it i mean if i want to know what time it is i look at the upper right corner of my screen i never look at the stream deck so yeah that's another one that didn't last yeah. We mentioned the uh the Apple Music one earlier. It has uh you know the the media transport keys so play pause forward and back. You can do that through this plugin yeah. as well. It also has a love button. So if you're a big like love this song and Apple Music person, which I'm just not, but if you are, you can do that. But my favorite thing about this plugin is the play pause button when music is playing displays the album art of whatever you're listening to. And so I use the system shortcuts for mute forward and back, but I use the Apple music one for play pause. And I have my own matching button for pause. And then for play, I let it show the album art. And it is, I don't know why this tickles me so much, but I like having, I looked down like, Oh yeah, there's a little, little death cab album there. I can see what I'm listening to. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, that those are two sets. Like the built-in media controls are there. The Apple Music ones you download, but you download it within the app, and it's got just a bunch of extra tools that just work in Apple Music. Yep. And that that's what I love about this stuff. It really is that easy. It's plug and play. And these downloadable ones have their own artwork already attached to them that makes sense. There's a, for example, there's a set of Zoom ones where. Um, and you can mute your camera and mute your microphone and all that stuff with an easy button and the built-in artwork is fine. It looks good. And it, it really, uh, expl- you know, you can tell looking at the button, what it's going to do. So like you want to have an emergency button to turn your, your camera off during zoom calls. It's right there on your stream deck. Like my wife was doing a lot of job interviews last year and, and, you know, you never know, like <laughs> you're doing a job interview. You just don't want to, you know, what if you just suddenly feel like you really need to turn the camera off? Right. And like, am I going to teach her a keyboard shortcut? No. Uh, so I said, okay, honey, if, if, you know, in case of emergency, 
it's this button with the camera and the X through it, you know, press that and the camera goes off, you know? So, uh, I, I find that kind of useful. And I think if you do a lot of zoom calls, this thing could probably pay for itself with mm-hmm. that tool set alone. Yeah. The zoom plugin, uh, jumps out at me because I think all of its buttons are really ugly, but even with these third party yeah, plugins, you can customize yeah. the look, which is cool. They're ugly, but they're, they're explanatory. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, there's an audio switcher, which I can turn off certain microphones or, or um, audio, external audio. And that works pretty, that works better than I thought. You know, that's why I was thinking maybe I can use that audio switcher action with the pedal and maybe create a mute situation. Mm-hmm. I'll have to try that. Yeah. So yeah, the, the list on this website, just, it goes on, it just goes on and on. And some of them are windows only. So as a Mac user, you may run into to some of those, but it has, uh, on the, the webpage, you can click into it and it will give you the like system requirements. So some uh, occasionally I'll come across one, like there's a, uh, there's one that I think is like a window management one. It's like, Oh, well, like, could I use that to like, you know, do window management stuff that could be kind of cool to play with for the show. And the one that I came across was, uh, was windows only. So, there's not many of them, but they're, they are out there. So just kind of be mindful of that, that if it, it doesn't work for you, then, uh, you know, maybe it's, uh, it's not for us discerning Mac but, users. Yeah. But you know, like window management is a solvable problem with a stream deck. Like if you take an app like Moom, it's a very customizable window manager, but if you go in the custom preferences for Moom, you can assign keyboard shortcuts to all the window management tools in Moom. And once you've done keyboard shortcuts, then you're in like mm-hmm. you just go to the stream deck, make some cool graphics that show you like left side, right side, top left corner, whatever, and then assign the keyboard shortcut that Moom is looking for. And now you've got window management on your stream deck. Yeah. It's awesome. It, it is cool. But uh, we, so we've been going through all the actions. I wanted to take a minute to talk about some of the settings and the, um, you know, th- there's there's bits to this that we really kind of glossed over so far that I think if you're if you're in if you're in this far, you may be thinking about buying one. Some things you should know. Um, we talked about profiles and folders, and then pages. So you've got the different ways you can organize them. But the question is, which which do you use? I tend to use profiles most because profiles you can attach to specific applications and have them load automatically during the app. You know, we mentioned that earlier, but that's like the power feature for me. Like when I when I click on OmniFocus, I want my my um, Stream Deck to go to the OmniFocus tools, um, and the and then when I click on you know Obsidian, I want the same thing to happen. So profiles are to me kind of the bread and butter of all this. Mm-hmm. I do use folders as part of the music because I just had so many playlists that I wanted to get them all on the Stream Deck. But in general, that's what I do. I haven't found much of a use for pages. That's the newest feature where you could say I'm on the obsidian page and I've run out of buttons. But if you have a smaller one, I think the pages could come in handy. Uh, one of the tricks I use, and we're going to go through our, our setups later, but a fundamental trick for me is on the bottom row, there are four buttons to the left side. And those are like buttons that I have show up on every profile. So if you're setting these up, you set up like a root profile and then you duplicate it as many times as you need. And the first one is a little Yoda face and that's my personal. The second one is an X wing, which for me is Max Sparky. The third one is a, is a millennium Falcon, which is law. And then the fourth one is the, um, is like just kind of a map button. 
and the law button hasn't left yet, but it's going to soon. Hmm. Um, but the idea is those are buttons that take me to home screens for those areas of my life. You know, contextual computing is everywhere. So, um, if I hit the personal one, it takes me to the profile that has all my personal stuff on it. If I hit the Max Barkey one, it takes me to that, but those buttons show up on every profile. So like if it automatically goes to the OmniFocus stuff and I'm working on OmniFocus, but I want to get back to the personal one, I just hit the Yoda and it just takes me there. And the trick is having that button set show up on every one and the action on it is jump to a certain profile. And I don't know if I'm explaining it well enough, but the idea here is you've got a way to go to home uh, no matter where you are on the stream deck. So you never get lost. It's like a home button on the iPhone, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh, I think if you're doing a lot of different profiles, I think that's well, well worth the cost in button space because yeah. it means that you have like a consistency when it comes to navigating between the the various places you could be. Exactly. And then in the settings, there's a couple things you should be aware of. Um, the, there is a way to put it to sleep if you want I don't know if this is good or bad. Like for probably the first year I had this thing, I never had it go to sleep. So the buttons were always there. But then I got thinking, well, I don't want the LED to burn out or something to go wrong. And if I'm not using it, there's no point in lighting it up all the time. So then I turned on the sleep after 30 minutes and it goes to sleep. And so so once in a while, I'll look down and it'll be blank. And if you just press any button, it wakes up. So I don't know if that's a good move or a bad move, but that's what I've been doing. And then prepping for the show, they've added a screensaver. And so I put the Max Barkey logo in as a screensaver and it looks really cool. But then I'm just lighting up the LED again. I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, I got, I went downstairs at like 2 AM the other night to deal with a dog and, and seeing my little Max Barkey icon on my stream deck. That was kind of cool. I have to admit. I don't have mine sleep. So yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll let you know if it like burns up or something, you know, yeah. or starts to fa- fail me somehow. But the other one I used for over a year uh, before I upgraded to this big one and it was fine. Um, the other thing I think just kind of be aware of in the settings is you can change the brightness of the buttons. You can actually in the, uh, I think it's in one of the Ogato, one of the built-in uh, action sets. You can actually set brightness buttons. I don't worry about that. I just do it in yeah. the preferences. And I have found for me about 80% just in my office, the way it's lit works uh, works pretty well for me. But if you work at night or or and day or your lighting condition changes, you can set brightness buttons on the stream deck. And that may be a good use for another profile. You know, maybe you have like a settings profile where those, where those live so they're not you know, taking up space all the time. But if it, if you feel like it's not bright enough, cause I feel like out of the box, maybe it's like 50% or something. I feel like I'm running it brighter than it came out of the box. But for my yeah, use, I, do. I don't need a hundred percent. That's just, that's just too bright for me. Uh, another uh, note that I would give is uh, command C and command V work on the buttons in the app. So if you have like a button set up to do a certain thing, and you want to make a variation of that, like time tracking buttons, like I was setting up toggle buttons. And once I got it all kind of dialed in, uh, rather than create new buttons from scratch, I just hit command C and then command V on a separate button and it duplicated the button. So that's kind of a nice way to make them quickly. That's also good for some of the home automation buttons, things that you have to like 
do very specific settings and you just want to make variations of that uh, command C and command V are your friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can be a, a real lifesaver. When I set up my um, Elgato light buttons, uh, which you'll see in the screenshot is left, top, right, and XDR. Three of those are on the overhead table and the XDR is my light that I turn on for video calls. I had the graphics all set up and it's copy and paste it and then just changed what light it was actually controlling. And, uh, you know, that's kind of hidden. Like it's not super obvious that you can actually copy a button um, unless you right click on it. If you right click on a, a button in the software, you can copy and paste, but you can also move to a folder or move to a multi-action button. And so some of the, the more powerful features are hidden behind that, that right click in the software. This episode of MPU is made possible by Squarespace. If you need to build a website for your business or a project or just an online presence, Squarespace is where you should look first. It's an all-in-one platform. That means you can do a website with an online store, marketing tools, analytics, everything you need is there. They combine cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and turn your ideas into reality. They have everything you need to make a beautiful, modern website. You start with a professionally designed template, and then you use their suite of drag-and-drop tools to make it your own. You can customize the look, the feel, the colors, the typefaces, the layout, the settings, the products. Everything is just a few clicks away. And all their websites are optimized for mobile, so your content automatically adjusts, looking great on any device. There's no patches or upgrades. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you have any questions. Their system includes tools for domain names, SEO, and email marketing. It really is a one-stop shop. Squarespace is always my recommendation for people or organizations looking to build a website. And their tools are really powerful. So you can do things like have that online store, have a blog, post a podcast. Whatever you need to do, Squarespace has the tools. Head on over to squarespace.com slash MPU for a free trial with no credit card required. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code MPU. That'll get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash MPU. We decide to sign up, use the offer code MPU to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Mac Power users and all of RelayFM. All right. So uh, what we've been cleverly avoiding so far is shortcuts and keyboard maestro, but Stream Deck is 100% on board with both of those. The um, keyboard maestro in particular, I find really useful. And that's what really sold me on the Stream Deck because I can automate almost anything on my Mac with keyboard maestro. And they have a, a an official integration um, that allows me to assign a Stream Deck button to as a keyboard maestro trigger, and then I'm off to the races. So anything can get, you know, any keyboard maestro script can be triggered through the shortcut. I'm just sorry, through the button on the Stream Deck. Yeah, yeah. So each of the buttons has its own address. So it is, uh, for instance, like uh, R2C4 is row two, column four. And in Keyboard Maestro, uh, what you would do is you would set the trigger button for your for your Keyboard Maestro uh, action to be that button ID. 
And so when you push that button on the stream deck, Keyboard Maestro is listening, says, oh, that's my button, and then it executes your your Keyboard Maestro uh, action. If you use the official one, it gives you more control. Like, you can feed back, like, different graphics and images to the button. Um, like, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do using that plugin. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I haven't played with much of the, f- the feedback loop stuff, but yeah. it's pretty awesome. Uh, there's also a third-party uh, Keyboard Maestro plugin, but um, yeah, I'm I'm using the official one, and it does everything that I need it to do. Well, the official one, like I said, is a little more powerful, but the, the third-party one called KM Link is a little more flexible. And I use KM Link way more than the official one because with KM Link, it's an action, and you download, we'll put a link in the show notes, you add it to your Stream Deck app, and then you just copy the action to a button. And what it does is it goes to Keyboard Maestro and gets a list of all of your macros from Keyboard Maestro. And so it pre-populates every time you run it, basically. So you can go say, okay, I want to run this script mm-hmm. with this button. And then you can change the icon and it'll run the script. It doesn't feed back to button color. Like uh, TJ, um, who keeps coming up, did you see that email he wrote us? He wrote us this really weird email saying that like, Hey, uh, maybe I'll, you know, have to replace one of you guys or something. I'll be like the backup team. Yeah. That's, I found it vaguely threatening yeah. in a way that yeah, me too. I wasn't comfortable I, I feel with. like I just want to say it publicly. If something happens to me, I TJ. want someone to find out where TJ is that day. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, really. he, he's, he's awesome. TJ's awesome. But yes, but he, uh, so he wrote a cool one that feeds back like, um, a background color on appointments. I'll, I think he actually did it in the MPU forms. I'll find a link for it. I'll ask TJ to get it for me. And, um, but you can set up this cool keyboard maestro link that builds, uh, like if you've got an appointment coming up, it shows in red on your stream. Yeah. Deck. Uh, it's um, called um, iCal Buddy, I think, is what he calls it, and uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and honestly, TJ probably should be the one who replaces me if I get hit by a bus. But don't tell him that I said that because mm. I don't, I don't want to encourage you know any problem. I don't want you know, I want to stick around a while. He uh, so he wrote this cool script, and uh, that's cool. But with KM Link, you can't do stuff like that. But the beauty of KM Link is then you can move the buttons around. With the official one, you have to code in the row and column. Yeah. So it's like, it's on a specific button with KM link. You can just drag the buttons around and I find it so much easier to use KM link, uh, because I'm always moving buttons around and trying different things. Yeah. Um, I wrote a bunch of Apple scripts in Apple mail that allow me to like take a message and move it to a particular folder or, um, you know, defer it with same box. So I've got all these weird Apple scripts and they're all just running out of a keyboard maestro script that just triggers an Apple script but I'm always rearranging the button layout. Like, how does that make sense? You know, and with the, with the KM link, um, I can just move the buttons around in the stream deck app. Mm-hmm. And this is one where it'd be a lot easier to show you than to tell you, but it, it makes, it's, it's just a lot easier to run keyboard maestro scripts. If you don't want to do any custom like feedback to the button with KM link, you should try it. I guess is what I'm saying. I think you'd like it. And, uh, uh, Stephen Millard had a blog post a while back comparing the two keyboard maestro plugins we'll put that in the show notes as well you can totally have both installed and kind of use whichever one for a specific task that makes the most sense but uh his blog post really outlines it in a in a pretty pretty thorough way honestly yeah yeah stephen miller has been summoned now we've talked about him twice today that's right (laughs) he's gonna knock on your door at any moment yeah 
So that's cool. And then with shortcuts, you can do it as well. Um, there's a plugin that you can download right out of the Stream Deck store now to run shortcuts. That's pretty cool. It is cool. Uh, when shortcuts first showed up, kind of the easiest way to run something was save a shortcut as an app and then use this, use the open action to open the app. But shortcuts can also be run from the command line. So you could, you could pass a shell script to do that. Uh, or you can use this, uh, this plugin, which is how I am running all of my shortcuts. Now um, it's called launch shortcut. And you, you get the, um, a little drop down, and you can pick your shortcut. It even knows about folders in shortcuts. Yeah. So I have a, uh, I call it uh, for Mac OS. And that's just a folder in shortcuts for shortcuts I only use on my Mac. So they're just not kind of in the way on the iPhone and iPad. Yeah. And I can go in there and I can pick uh, whatever shortcut I want and I can set the image and there's some accessibility options. And it is awesome to be able to to run a shortcut. So the ones that I use most frequently as I have a set of buttons for timery, one to start a timer. And what that does, it actually fires a shortcut and brings up a menu for me to pick what timer I'm starting. And another one, the button next to it in red to end the current timer. And yeah. what I love about this is these are the same shortcuts that I use on iOS. But because Timery is on both platforms and its shortcut support is really, really good, I just built this shortcut one time and I can use it on my phone and my Mac in a bunch of different ways. And that's sort of like the dream of shortcuts for me is like one automation that runs everywhere and it's like contextually smart about how I trigger it. And uh, bringing shortcuts in the stream deck is like, a, it's awesome. As soon as shortcuts was announced for the Mac, um, you know, after I sort of caught my caught my breath, uh, yeah. basically my second thought was, oh boy, I hope I can get this hooked up to the stream deck. And y'all, it is super easy to do so. Yeah. You could also do it with an Apple script. It's like a two line Apple script. So there's a lot of ways to launch shortcuts. And then like you trigger an Apple script through a keyboard maestro script which is a little bit of a roundabout way, but that's the way I was doing it before this plug plugin showed up. So I've got a couple that I'm triggering that way. Um, you want to talk about our stream decks a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's, I want to hear about yours. Let's start with you. So I've got, like I said, kind of the three fundamental screens. Like I've got a contextual screen for each of the areas of my life, personal Max Barkey and legal. The legal one I haven't entirely shut down. There's still a couple things I'm cleaning up on the law practice, but eventually it's going to go away. Uh, but that's kind of like the home screen. And like on the home screen for personal, I've got some timers and some music and different things I do personally that I want to have access to. I've also got, um, since I had room on my home screen, I've got individual um, profiles linked like Obsidian, which I'm in all the time and zoom. So I've got kind of like this like home screen for my personal stuff. And then I've got a separate home screen for my Mac stuff. And I'll, I'll put some screenshots in the show notes. I want to um, kind of go in this deeper at some point because it's always evolving for me. But on the Mac side, like I've got the the world timers for, for you and Rose and a bunch of pages linked and just stuff I need to do as Mac Sparky. And then I've got I've gone really deep in on the profiles for specific apps. The one I'm going to share for the show 
is the one I have for my mail. In fact, let me just even, uh, send you a text of this so you can see it. And the problem with all these is they, they don't make sense to anybody except me because I don't label anything. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, so uh, the bottom on the bottom row, the left four buttons are the ones I explained, you know, Yoda, X-Wing, uh, Falcon, and then there's this like directory thing. And that gets to the four fundamental pages. In addition to the three contextual pages for personal uh, uh, Max Barkey and legal, then I have one that just has a page that has all the profile pages linked on it. It's like a, it's like a, a directory system. So I want to be able to get to any one of those pages at any time. And then with mail, I have three types of mail. I have mail for my personal mail for the legal and mail for Max Barkey. So down the left column, I've got the same icons repeated, but those are going to three different profile pages because I've got this tool set set up for each of my email accounts. So does that make sense? I've got, so I've got three profiles for mail not just one because I've got so many buttons I'm using that I don't have enough room to put them all on one page. On the left side of the screen, I've got icons there for the inbox and for Mac. I'm showing you the Max Barkey page. Mm-hmm. I've got um, basically, you know, three like primary mailboxes i've got you know the in inboxes you know your inbox but then i've got one called um, priority or action uh, priority and that one has the max sparky like uh, bolt on it so on the left side if i press the button for the priority button it takes me to the priority mailbox okay and then i've got one that i want to do action on so that's not like priority like priority is like a customer support problem or something like that the you know, there aren't that many that make it to that box, but then below that is action where somebody sends me something that I want to read or, you know, tells me about an app I might want to take a look at. And that goes into the action box. And then I have one called read later. And that's email that comes from newsletters that I actually want to read and things like that. Uh, so, so I've got the, the Max Barkey icon for priority, the gear for action, and then the clock for read later. Okay. You know, and then, and then the other ones I have there, there's some icons I use to get to like really like other stuff that Samebox has filtered out for me. So um, on the left side, I can pick which account I am and I can jump to different folders. And all of those buttons, what they're doing is they're triggering a keyboard maestro script that runs an Apple script that tells that tells my my Apple mail application to go to a certain folder. And I, I explained this in that web that free webinar I did last year about apple mail but so I, i've written apple scripts to take me wherever i want to go so that's the left side of the screen cool okay and then on the right side i've got another set of action buttons and um the way that works is there's one with a link icon in a circle and i press that and it runs an apple script that copies a url link to the currently viewing message which is another thing i've written about at max barkey just it's a it's apple script that just says okay create a link to this message. And then I can embed that link in Obsidian or OmniFocus or whatever I want to do with it. Um, under that, there's a there's a checkbox button. And if I press that, it takes the existing email and creates an OmniFocus task item out of that email. And below that is one that, that just deletes it if I want to get rid of it. So that, you know, I've got the three kind of action buttons there. And then I've got ones that... Um, uh, allow me to assign a priority to a message. Like if I want to take a message and send it to the priority box or the action box or the relator box, I can just push a button and it does that. I've, and below that, I've got one that sends it to the archive. 
And then in the next row, I've got the numbers one, three, and seven on three buttons. And that's using the same box read later function. So if I press one, it moves it to the one day uh, uh, same box button. So I don't see it again until tomorrow. Sometimes there's something that I do need to deal with, but I just don't want to see it today. Mm -hmm. So I'll defer it. And I can do that one, three, or seven days. And then below that, there's a trash can, which is obviously where I throw the mail in the trash. Mm -hmm. And then the final row, I've got up and down arrows, and that's just an up and down arrow. But when you're in Apple Mail, sometimes you want to move the cursor up and down. And since I've already got my hand on the um, on the Stream Deck, I might as well just use a Stream Deck button to go up and down, so I have to go over the keyboard. Um, and then the same thing with the uh, the arrow there's a left facing arrow and that is control command S um, which hides the sidebar because sometimes I want to get rid of the sidebar. It points to the left. And then below that there's the nuclear symbol and that's it <laughs> to the same black hole. <laughs> I was hoping that's what that button did. Yeah. Perfect use of yeah. SF symbols, by the way, just perfect. Yeah. And they're all just gray SF symbols on a black background. But I've created a page like this for each one of my email accounts. So when I'm processing personal email, I just hit the little Yoda button in the left column, and I get a very similar set of buttons for um, for. But the Apple scripts run toward the iCloud account instead of the Max Barkey account. Yeah, very cool. All right, uh, we can look at mine. I've I've got yeah. a yeah. link for you here. This is I took yeah. this as we were talking, so I normally don't have the war clock ones, but I'm going to try it again. I think. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, so mine is again, like very much a work in progress, having moved to the bigger stream deck, not that long ago, really in preparation yeah. for this episode, yeah. but, uh, across the top, all of my smart home stuff. And this is just smart home stuff that's in the studio. And yeah. so the sunrise sun at noon or whatever, half sky yeah. and then sunrise those buttons control my smart shades and the windows above my desk. We're going to have them closed halfway open or all the way open. I want to hear about your smart shades someday. Let's, let's put that on the list. But, yeah. Okay. It was a very expensive purchase for the studio. Um, yeah. The five next to that we've talked about are the, the left top and right or lights on my overhead table where I do my streaming sure. XDR desk. And I, I did the screenshot. You can see what I mean with the light switch on and off. So mm -hmm. uh, I just thought that was like a really clean way of showing is this light on or not? I like this. I'm going to totally copy this. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. in our shared uh, Stream Deck icon Dropbox. I save everything Even out of this ping. So have at it. <laughs> um, yeah. Wait, let, let me kind of like guess some of these, right? Okay. All right. The next row, you've got the relay icon. And I'm thinking that takes you to like the relay admin panel. Yep. Yep. Right to the the homepage of our of Neon, our CMS. And then the next one, it looks like a potato. So I'm thinking you push that when you want to order French fries. <laughs> no, our um, our development server for Relay is uh, called Sputco. I don't know okay. <laughs> really where that okay. came from. But yeah. so I have a potato that loads the development site. So um, excellent. excellent. That, that is a new addition because uh, we've been really heavy in some development recently. I don't know if that'll stick around forever, but it's there. Yeah, but it's nice, right? And, yeah, um, little potato emoji right there on yeah. my stream deck. <laughs> and then you've got icons for all of your podcasts. I'm guessing, does that just take you to the website or does that do more than that? So those open, uh, those are all tied to Keyboard Maestro 
uh, actions, which there, there's other ways to do this. I just like doing it in a keyboard maestro. And it yeah. opens a new Safari window and then loads in a set of tabs. And so the MPU button loads, pushing it right now, a uh, new Safari window with five tabs. So our MPU schedule, our folder of outlines, our ad reads, and then uh, a couple of pages in the Relay CMS that correspond to Mac power users and more power users. And so any time that I am going to sit down and work on a show outline, like yeah. uh, Tuesday afternoons, you know, the day before we record Connected, I spend some time with Connected. So I'll just hit the Connected button. New Safari window opens. Being in a new window is critical because then it's all like in one place. And uh, so I have those for all of my shows, MPU, Connected, Liftoff, Ungenius, and Somehow I Manage, which is over on uh, The Incomparable. Yeah. And that uh, that is, I have a similar script as well. I, I do something similar. Then then you've got a power on and power off button. I don't know what you're powering up and powering down there. Yeah. Well, those are my uh, timery shortcuts that I mentioned a few minutes okay. ago. Oh, okay. So Makes green sense. to start, yeah. red to stop. And that was like the closest SF symbol to the, actually it is the same SF symbol as the timery logo, the icon. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I brought those over. Nice. And then uh, you've got all your time zones. You're dealing, oh, is, is the Pacific one for me? You and Jason, you know. Okay, yeah, Jason too. Gotcha. Yeah, like you that. mostly. You've got, you've got a five time zone, so you're dealing with a lot of people. And, yeah. Uh, you got your media controls under that, which we talked about. Those are nice looking icons on those media controls, by the way. I like that. SF symbols, man. They're so good looking. <laughs> so good. I know. I know. They're showing up a lot in like my presentations too now mm-hmm. because they just look good. And then I don't know. There's a link one, and there's like a little fire one. I'm guessing that has something to do with um, your streaming, maybe. So the the fire in the talk bubble uh, f- uh, activates Jason Snell's podcast noter keyboard maestro. Oh yes, yeah. So I only use this for this show, but if we insert an ad or we uh, need to, you know, restate something, I'll just push that button. A window will come up in Keyboard Maestro. I'll type in my note, and it's time-stamped to where it is in the recording. So I can uh, take really effective notes for Jim, our our editor. And I just couldn't... I was, like, trying to think of something funny for it, and the fire symbol inside Talk Bubble just made me laugh somehow when I came across it on Google Image Search or something. So, uh, yeah. And that's in the bottom left corner because I can I can feel it without having to look down. So I can just yeah. as I'm talking, I can just hit it, type something real quietly, and move on. I need to look into that. And then you've got a link button. What's that for? Yeah. So this is something else from uh, from Jason Snell. Uh, I don't know if he shared it publicly, but it is a a keyboard maestro action that takes what's on your clipboard. So for instance, in this section in our show notes. It says sh colon and then a URL to my screenshot and then ds colon a URL to your screenshot. And what I can do is I can just copy that text, hit this button, and it opens a new Safari window with a new tab with each one of those URLs loaded. So I can go through and pretty quickly add them all to our show notes. And uh, so again, those are like some of the like podcast automation corner there. Yeah. I feel like though you are early on your journey. I feel like you're gonna you're gonna end up with more profiles. I'm gonna rip off a lot of your mail stuff. I think uh, yeah. that all sounds really good to me. Well, it's really nice because I open up mail and I just put my left hand over on these buttons. And adding the arrow keys was like 
the genius move. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you know, you, sometimes you just need to move back and forth. And, like, I, I've got a page like this for Obsidian, and I've got a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. But um, they're not all kind of, like, ready for public consumption yet because i got a bunch of weird links in them. But the um, But I, you know, taking each app and just figuring out what are my friction points in this app and creating Stream Deck buttons is what I've been doing. And, and it hasn't been a thing where I just took a day and, like, figured it all out. I'm kind of doing it as needed which is why I'm such a fan of the KM link script because so many of these are tied to keyboard maestro scripts. I mean, yes. like Apple scripts are how I do a lot of tricks on my Mac and keyboard maestro can run an Apple script and I can trigger keyboard maestro from the stream deck. So all I do is embed the Apple script in keyboard maestro and then attach it to a KM link button. But I'm never like this layout for mail took a lot of time to kind of land where it did. But now I can do it without even looking at the stream deck. Like I'm just looking at the mail and my fingers know where to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all and, and like that's really what I meant. When I said at the beginning where this is so flexible. Like the second you can have a button assigned to a shortcut or to a keyboard maestro action or to running a script, uh, that means these buttons can literally do anything in Mac OS. Yeah. And that's really like the heart of this flexibility. And what's exciting to me about this is that it's far more than what it was ever meant to be, but because of its plugin architecture and its flexibility, like no two stream decks on the planet are exactly the same. And that's pretty exciting to me as someone who is like in love with Mac automation. Yeah. Agreed. There are a couple alternatives we haven't really, we'll just talk about briefly. The first is the loop deck. Um, have you played with one of these? Uh, I have not. I know our friend John Voorhees has checked out a couple of them. They're, the Loop Deck, from from my reading of, of his coverage and looking at their their products, and I watched a couple YouTube videos about them, it's sort of a mix of like a stream deck because it has a grid of programmable buttons and you can do things with those buttons. But it also yeah. has some physical buttons and some physical knobs. And so... This feels a little bit more at home, I think, if you are doing a lot of like content editing in Premiere or Final Cut or Logic or Audition or something like that, where you can tie these knobs into controls. You know, even as someone who edits in Logic Final Cut all the time, I don't feel myself really needing something like this. But if you need a mix of like hardware and software controls, Loop decks, I think the best game in town. Yeah. Like if you're a photographer and you want to be able to twist all the dials in, you know, Adobe without having to use your keyboard and just have physical dials. And I've actually had hands on one of these and the dials are really nice. I mean, Mm -hmm. they feel really good. And, um, but I think for someone like me, it's just not necessary, you know, and, um, and the stream deck, doesn't do a lot of the stuff this does, but the stream deck does the stuff that I need the most, yeah. but loop deck is an alternative. Like, um, and, and mm-hmm. depending on, like if you're a creative professional, there's a good chance you might, might need one. But for me, it was overkill. And, um, the, the ATEM mini is kind of related. It's a switcher. And, um, and I think I'm actually going to use one of these. It's been, I've been really struggling to figure out the video setup with the labs, but, um, the ATM Mini is a hardware switcher. So you can put H like for the most basic level one, which is the one I'm interested in. It's $300. You plug in four HDMI cords to it and it can be an iPad or a camera or whatever. 
and then you can push buttons on it to feed it out to a single feed. So like you want to switch between overhead and face or whatever in a Zoom call, it can do that and it does it all in the hardware. Like there are alternatives like OBS. You can kind of do switching with a Stream Deck, but um, with this, it's all kind of handled in the hardware. It's made with black magic, so you know it's going to be reliable. Mm -hmm. And um, it really kind of scratches a different itch, but it's kind of in the same ballpark. Plus, they just look awesome. Like a box that has a bunch of cables yeah. coming out of it covered in buttons. Sign me up. Yeah. I just don't like all the cables. That's the reason yeah. I'm kind of resistant to it. But I think I figured a way I can put it on my desk without looking terrible. And it is really convenient. I've been trying to do camera switching without one. And it is not consistent at all. I mean, so, but it's not necessarily a stream deck problem. It's a Zoom problem and and just some other things. But uh, but either way, that I think I'm going to probably add one of those to the arsenal. Either way, stream deck, man, it is... Uh, it's a good piece of kit. And if you want to add a, a pile of buttons to your Mac, get one. Yeah. Super fun. It's, it's, it's been fun to explore the world of plugins, especially for this episode where I, I don't know how many yeah. I've downloaded. I mean, my sidebar and, and the streaming software scrolls now because there's so many things yeah. installed. Uh, it's really cool to see what people are doing with this. And again, if you're using keyboard maestro or shortcuts or scripting, this brings it into the physical world without needing to alter those other things. And that, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And it is kind of fun just seeing the way it has evolved. I mean, they've added additional hardware with the pedal. They've got an updated stream deck and there's this constant flux of new software coming in. Like, and the stream deck app does a good job of showing you the most recent new additions. Like the shortcuts thing is pretty new. And they've got like kind of a little press release about it in the app. So if you just go check that once in a while, you can see what's new. And, you know, Elgato is leaning into this thing. And I think there's a lot of people that could find use for it. I mean, if you're an accountant sitting at a desk, just having a stream deck with like your most common spreadsheets or whatever, I think, I think a lot of people could find use for this. The Zoom tools alone, I think are great in this, you know, weird world we live in now where everything is a Zoom call. Yeah. Yeah. I would say if you're, if you're using zoom, you know, for your job and that's the future of your work, even just picking up the mini and just using it as a zoom controller is, is well worth the money. Yeah. Well, either way, check it out. And, uh, if you've got some fun use for stream deck that we didn't talk about, go ahead and put it in. Uh, we've got, uh, the forums over at talk.macpowerusers.com. I was teasing, TJ earlier. He's a dear friend and I'm sure he would never murder me, but the, uh, he has some great ideas and he's talked about a lot in the forum. So we'll have to see what he's got up his sleeve these days. And there's a lot of people out there that are, are making fun stuff for this, but I guess my point would be, you don't need to go all the way down the rabbit hole with really complex scripts. I mean, just, you know, having this thing launch websites and documents for you could be enough. And, uh, and I'm a fan. Do you think somewhere in Apple, somebody's listening to this that was like really involved with the touch bar, just like banging his head against the wall saying, <laughs> man, we had it for you. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you could get the touch bar to do a lot of this customized stuff, but you had to use better touch tool or, or other options. And those tools are great. The Stream Deck makes all that really easy. And, you know, the touch bar was only ever on the MacBook Pro, right? It was never yeah. on the Air. It was never on desktop Macs. And this thing you can use in any setup. Like the touch bar just never, 
it never had the legs under it to even match this thing. Yeah. And one thing that this has, and it's like, I guess you could call it cheaping out. It's, it's not a touch screen. It is an LED screen with a bunch of physical plastic buttons on top of it. But the beauty of that is when I'm looking at my mail and I've got my fingers on the touch on the uh, stream deck, I can feel the buttons so I can move between buttons without having to look at it. And, um, that's really nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Stream Deck, go check it out. Thanks to our sponsors today, and that's our friends over at 1Password, ZocDoc, Memberful, and Squarespace. We are the Mac Power users. You can find us at relay.fm slash MPU. You can find those forums at talk.macpowerusers.com. And we'll see you next time.